to this week's episode of the Python People podcast, uh, where we share stories and insights from technology leaders across the globe. Uh, I'm Guy Bevington, the MD of True North Recruitment Group, and this week I'm very lucky indeed to be joined by Liana uh, Vinison, uh, who's the founder of Coding a Story. Liana, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Thanks for inviting. I'm uh, good, thank you. Good. Good, good, good. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for being here with us. And, and I guess to sort of frame the episode today and, and how you and I decided it would be a good idea to get together and, uh, and record this podcast. Um, so I think we got chatting quite recently um, about the great work that you're doing, coding a story. Um, and just speaking personally, as a, as a father of two daughters, it's something that really resonated with me uh, very strongly and I think is a um you know a, a project a company that many other people would really benefit from hearing more about and um you know i personally really bought into your your mission and what it is you're doing um so if it would be great to, to talk about it in a bit more detail and some of the themes and you know why you you started the business and um you know how it's all going um so yeah i guess without further delay if you uh, you want to start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, and your career today that would be great yeah, um, so uh, I'm a software engineer. Um, I've been um, studied, uh, I have studied uh, informatics at the university in Bucharest, um, management, um, Romanian uh, American University in Bucharest, and um, master um, um, informatics systems for uh, management of economic uh, resources and uh, project uh, and uh, processes at uh, Bucharest University of um, Economic Stud Studies. Um, and I have always wanted to develop um, a small business, you know, uh, that kind of business that um, uh, with, with personal touch that uh, brings value and uh, stays uh, uh, close to people. Um, but I have started um, after, um, I mean, uh, while I was studying uh, the university, I started uh, working as a software engineer. I've been working um, for about uh, nine years in uh, two different uh, companies in uh, Bucharest. And the last one is um, a large company in uh, Romania that uh, provides uh, ERP systems uh, that are uh, widely uh, used. Uh, used. Um, and uh, I have been working at this uh, ERP solution and its uh, satellites, uh, web application satellites um, that were specifically designed for various uh, clients in uh, finance, uh, banks, insurance brokers, and um, uh, uh, providers, and uh, uh, so on. Um, but however, in the meantime, I have uh, tried some businesses. Um, actually, I read that the average number of number of failures before a success is around uh, 3.8, and uh, I think I've done my part there, uh, waiting for success now. Um, <laughs> Good um, night. <laughs> yeah. After um, after uh, nine years working as a software engineer in, uh, in these two companies, my first child was born, and. Um, I thought it's a good uh, it's a good time to start uh, freelancing. <laughs> uh, so uh, I um, quit my job and I started uh, freelancing, and I've done this uh, uh, for uh, for a few years. I was very happy to have my uh, own clients all around the globe and uh, learn about uh, different cultures and uh, work for different um, uh, ideas and uh, projects. Um, then in 2018 my second child was born and uh, uh, we moved to switzerland um, 
And um, here I have been thinking, um, what can I bring to this market? Uh, I now have valuable knowledge, but how can I match this with my creative abilities, my management skills, and uh, create something useful, but uh, rewarding for me too. And then um, this started. Perfect, perfect. Well, I love, I love that story. I love how it's come about because it's kind of uh, just, I suppose, building on your experience and, and sort of ticking all those boxes, isn't it, in terms of, say, starting, you know, you want to start a business and uh, something that sort of ticks that entrepreneurial flair. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, from when we were speaking, I was just absolutely bowled over by what you're doing and also how you're doing it. So do you want to sort of tell us a bit about coding the story, uh, what the business venture is, is all about and, uh, yeah, and kind of how you're going about, uh, going about doing it? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> coding a story is about uh, teaching children coding. Um, and um, um, it's, it's about um, uh, original materials, unplugged materials and um, um, the classes for, uh, for our children. Um, and how I started, uh, like I, I like this idea of uh, unplugged materials and um, I started with um, um, a coding class for children between four and seven years old. Actually, there was, this was a coding, yoga and coding class. So um, this combination um, and um, for this class, I wanted, um, I wanted to have an original material uh, to teach the children coding. So I started uh, writing a story um, that we can um, uh, write, uh, we can create an algorithm for, like a diagram of an algorithm, uh, similar to the diagram of an algorithm, we create the, the diagram of the story. And um, then I have uh, developed this uh, idea and uh, I have uh, written a book uh, with this uh, story. Um, and uh, I've been teaching these classes for, uh, for a few months, then uh, um, uh, Corona came and uh, uh, there was a, a break for, uh, for a few months. And um, then I started again with um, new and more classes. Um, and um, yes, now, now I'm teaching children uh, coding in, uh, in Zurich. In fact, the, the main idea in coding a story is that um, I like this, I like this uh, analogies between uh, coding concepts and the things in uh, uh, real life. I like to see elements in, codings, uh, in coding in uh, things um, around us. Um, yeah. Cool. That's, that's really cool. And uh, I absolutely love the idea and, and absolutely buy into the idea. I mean, my other half is um, a teacher, she's a maths teacher. And um, during COVID, um, <laughs> we've obviously been working from home a lot. And I've had the, um, the chance, you know, when I've been down, not in my office and down in the house, I've had a chance to actually go and, and sort of listen in to her teaching remotely. And uh, you know, half the stuff that she's talking about when I go is totally over my head, but um, it, it's just the one of the kids asked a question um, the other day about, hey, miss, why can't we, uh, you know, if we know how to do this, why can't we do this on, on calculators, you know, rather than actually necessarily needing to know the working. And to be honest, I kind of got his point because obviously in the day and the world we live in, in the digital age that we live in, um, you know, it is so easy, I guess, for us to be able to, you know, get the answers to most things at a touch of a button. And I guess it's striking that balance, isn't it? But I also get the argument of it's really important to build <coughs> um, those logical 
um, yeah, analytical skills that you need, analytical skills that you need to actually be able to solve problems. And I guess it's striking that balance, isn't it, between where the the world is now moving, you know, rushing towards this digital era at absolute pace, but also, you know, balancing that with um, teaching the right concepts that we need to, to form problem solving abilities, I guess. Um, so from your perspective, why do you personally feel it's important that we, we teach kids how to code. Why do you feel that's a particularly important skill set to, uh, to be teaching kids now? Um, so first of all, I think it is important to teach them computational thinking. So this is before the step before coding. Um, this is a set of problem solving skills that uh, involves expressing the problems and solution in such a way that, that uh, a computer can understand. So, uh, but this, this approach is used in any problem solving, not only in, uh, in coding. Um, and this helps with um, confidence in dealing with um, complex problems and um, um, the ability to deal with uh, open-ended problems. And uh, th these are the problems we have to solve now in this, in this world. So I, have, I think computational thinking is uh, really important. <clears throat> and then, yes, uh, coding. Um, some may say it's the new literacy. Uh, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that it's, um, um, it's a, another language. It's a foreign language that can, can uh, be not foreign anymore. Yeah, because um, it, everything around us, it's, uh, it's made with, with coding. So um, programming is part of every area like medicine, transportation, banking, and I cannot name a field that does not, does not need coding. So it's like accounting. <laughs> uh, you, you need it for everything you are doing. So it's an important skill to, to possess nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's just staggering, really. I mean, I wrote a piece the other day on just how the speed of which the, the business landscape is progressing and, you know, yeah. the divide between the, the classic education curriculum and you know, where the business world is going there's just such a divide now I believe in my opinion that we need to start plugging it we need to start really reassessing it's not to say that we will obviously want the, one of the things we'll talk about in a moment is the way you actually go about teaching kids these concepts you know, it's not to say that we want to put kids in front of a screen 24 yeah. 7 and that should be their existence but I do feel there needs to be a pretty big awakening pretty soon about you know the skill sets that we're teaching kids and actually you know, I'm not necessarily saying, I think the concepts you talk about, like say computational thinking, absolutely really important, but the, the sort of, the, the set of facts, I guess, in a way, in terms of the subjects that we're teaching kids, a lot of it is, in my opinion, quite redundant. And actually, you know, we could be teaching kids, like say, better problem solving abilities and things are actually very applicable to the real world. And one of the things I really like about the way you're going about doing it is, like I said, you can spot these patterns between coding and actually problems that we need to solve in the real world. And um, yeah, I've never actually really thought about it that way before. Um, but talk us through then, how do you go about this process of teaching um, kids to code? Um, yeah, and talk through how that works. Yeah, so, so um, um, there, I have some, some pillars, let's say, let's call them like this. Uh, one of them is this thing, um, healthy relationship between um, children and technology. So um, as I'm, for, for many children, I'm the first person to introduce them uh, to coding. 
So I feel I'm responsible to help them uh, get used to a balance between uh, coding and other activities that do not, not involve screens. Mm. So um, coding should not be a, an excuse for a long screen time at this, at this age, children, children's age. Yeah. So um, this is why I, um, I'm teaching um, um, most of the time for children between four and seven years, I'm teaching uh, unplugged coding. And um, for older children, when I'm organizing a camp, um, if uh, so, until now I've organized um, a camp uh, with, I mean, not a camp, but a, a class in the holiday um, to program drones. And we, we only program the drones in the morning. And uh, if I would organize something more, uh, longer and until the evening I would combine it with uh, with some sport or uh, movement you know uh, because I, I think there there should be should be a balance and we shouldn't uh, fall into this this trap of um, screen screen addiction and um, the other other things other things to, uh, important uh, to mention is uh, uh, in my approach you can uh, you can see uh, um, um, the characteristics of the Montessori methodology uh, because I, I know every child is different and they may not be interested in I mean one child might, may not be interested in some other children are and that's why I give them the opportunity to try out multiple things and then uh, when they find something I'm there to, to help them and uh, guide them when they when they ask me so in the same room for example, for these children between eight and eleven years old, in in the same room, children may may uh, some children may program uh, um, um, an animation in Scratch, and someone else may may program a drone in Python, and in this at the same time. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And I think you hit on two really good points there. I mean, I think the one, the balance. Yeah. Side of it is absolutely key because, like I said, I'm acutely aware from having these conversations with my other half, just how personally I feel the education system we have at the moment isn't equipped for purpose really to sort of uh, tee kids up for the right skill sets that they need in this day and age. But I'm also um, absolutely terrified about the world that my kids are gonna be growing up in in terms of how they do interface with technology. And like you said, it's, it's I mean, my daughter's three and a half, my oldest daughter. And um, yeah, she's already, She's got his toy phones and things, and you know, she's sort of on the phone, she's tapping, essentially mimicking us, really. Mm -hmm. You know, and obviously, as, as much as I try and not have you know, be on my phone all the time when I'm around her, you know, they, they just pick these things up. And um, yeah. screen time, you know, it's, it's so easy, unfortunately, to sort of fall into lazy parenting where you know, you can just put them in front of an iPad all the time, and it's something I'm really, really conscious of. So, it's striking that balance between teaching the skills, obviously, that we need to teach, but in the same way, you know, um not making it counterproductive to their uh, development as a human i guess and uh, the fact that you do it in an unplugged fashion and that you've really got <coughs> obviously quite an emphasis on striking that balance i think that's absolutely key um because obviously you're, you're focused on building out the the mental concepts rather than necessarily putting somebody plonking them in front of a screen all the time and and, and saying that's a good thing so yeah i totally um, i totally agree with that and the other thing you meant, meant, mentioned there about how you know it's guided by the children and they can work on what they want to work on and I think that's a really important thing as well because one of the areas I feel that's quite lacking in education today is unless you're literally you know following an artistic subject like the arts or you know something like that 
creativity I don't feel is often that rewarded um, you know in, and that recognized in in school yeah it's very much this is a syllabus you have to learn this set of random facts and then you know go with it whereas actually I think in life we learn far more by following our intuition you know putting your your, your fruits of your labor out there uh, getting feedback on it working out what does what doesn't work and then obviously you know further guiding that but I think just that that innate ability to actually follow what you want to do and get your sort of creative side out, I think is, is a really important thing for kids to, to, to do. And I think uh, being able to combine creativity and computational thinking and something like coding the way you're doing it, I think is a really, a really key skill and a really healthy thing for kids to be doing as well. Uh, Cause it kind of, like I say, gives them confidence in solving problems and kids are way more likely to solve a problem if they're actually passionate about what they're doing, you know? So, um, yeah absolutely i mean what what are your what are your thoughts on the the sort of landscape of of education today i mean that's a pretty large and loaded question but just in terms of the majority of the the curriculum that's taught in school um in this day and age what what are your thoughts on that um i don't know about many countries but i know about switzerland so parents parents come to me and tell me um they're not doing any programming in school and I think this is useful. They should do this. They can, uh, in private schools and international schools, they, they do it as an uh, optional class or so, but yeah, otherwise not. Uh, but in comparison, for example, uh, I, I have um, a child who moved here from uh, Hong Kong and um, um, his mother told me there they were doing uh, programming in schools. And I'm, I, cannot, I cannot believe that here in Switzerland, they are not. So I think something something is uh, is missing here, because um, I can tell you my personal example. So um, <clears throat> I had no idea what I wanted to do, what career I, I wanted to to follow until high school. High school when I started uh, coding, uh, but I had all the abilities to understand these coding concepts earlier. But yeah. I wasn't, no, nobody introduced me to, to them. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, and it is down to, I mean, my wife, she teaches at a, 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 quite a good private school. Uh, it's not cheap to go to that school. Exactly. They don't have any, um, any it's not on the curriculum to, to teach any form of coding at all. Um, you know, and, and maths is probably about the closest to uh, computational thinking that we're, we're talking about. I'm not saying it's not important to understand maths, but she would be the first person to admit a large portion of what she teaches is pretty redundant in terms of actually being used in the real world. And that's where I feel actually coding can bridge that gap between, you know, forming a lot of those skills, but actually building a skill that is hugely beneficial and, and, and usable in the world that we live in today. Um, you know, the biggest, the biggest companies in the world now are tech companies and technology is, is driving the change in every industry. So, you know, why we're not, choosing to embrace that and actually build that into the curriculum it just uh yeah it, it, it staggers me to be honest um but um what, what do you think as, as parents yeah because it's something again I'm, I'm aware of as a, a parent to be trying to foster you know my kids interests but also teach them skills that are useful in the real world today what do you feel in your experience parents could be doing more of or, or, or less of at home do you think to kind of help with this mm, first of all I, I see this um, 
um, the ratio between uh, boys and girls. This is, this is in my classes there are 20% uh, girls and the rest are uh, boys. So I'm uh, I'm sad about this. This is the same the same percent like in a uh, uh, woman working in uh, software at the moment I think mm -hmm. or yeah. around. Um, so first of all I think we should uh, somehow remove this uh, this belief that coding is not for for girls and uh, somehow encourage them to to uh, make their first steps into coding. Um, and the second thing is, it's important for parents not to be tricked by, by toys on the market that say, this is teaching coding, and because there are a lot of things on the market that are teaching some basic concept of coding. But if you want to go further, you need something else. And uh, uh, not to be tricked by, okay, they, they uh, use a screen because they are learning coding, but from, from a moment, um uh they are um, uh, they are just playing so um they have to be the parents have to be aware of this and uh, before buying something and trying to do something with their children at home they have to um make do a comprehensive uh, review of the materials they are using and the, the other other thing they at this level you know according for for children Parents can also do it at home. Uh, a few they can also find how uh, they can de decompose um, uh, common activities. Like, I mean, if they read this, uh, if they read about um, computational thinking a bit, they can see these uh, concepts in uh, different uh, activities. For example, in uh, uh, brushing teeth, you know, you can decompose this activity. You can see patterns. You can and um, I mean, yeah, but it's an effort, you know. I mean, not, maybe not not all parents are um, uh, would like to do this. So, yeah, it's it's a good point, isn't it? Because I mean, I've I've very nearly bought a few different programs, and um, you know that that teach teach your kids coding. Um, but like I say, I'm, I'm I don't want it to be too force fed from me um because like i said it should be it should be fun and i guess for it to be something that actually works they've got to openly want to engage with it and um you know that's something I, i'm not i'm not going to profess i'm equipped to have the right skill set to you know and also i'm not necessarily sure it's at the right age level for their various um yeah skills at the moment but but it's really interesting you, you talked about the, the diversity mix because you know it, it is a real world problem particularly in the world of technology and you know obviously within the world of recruitment it's something that i encounter every day um and you know true north as an agency do you have particular emphasis on assisting women in tech uh, with their careers because i said as a dad of two daughters it's something i'm i'm very aware of for their sort of um futures as well and uh, i guess you've got to be be the change that you want to see in the world um but it's often branded as a problem that originates in education and i guess if you're seeing it at yeah the ages that we're talking about here this is the real kind of the, the real root of the of the issue i guess isn't it you know, if you're seeing a, a gender divide at the at the age where kids in reality shouldn't really have too hard a feeling one way or the other towards a subject like coding uh, but you're still seeing an 80 20 split where do you feel that comes from do you feel that it is more um in terms of the the, the course and, and what it teaches is more um 
engaging, interesting to boys, or do you feel it's actually down to parents um, putting their children forward for this kind of activity? You know, where do you feel that that balance lies? Um, um, I don't know. I, I think there are multiple causes, you know, but for parents for sure, because you know, and not only parents, but this the whole in industry, you know, to, uh, toys for girls are. Um, dolls and so on and even now if you if you read the book um, for children you would see um, the mother uh, preparing the food and uh, uh, the, the father going to work and uh, this is I mean from from birth from the first first uh, book story it's something there and yes there are also um, girls that are interested but um, I think their parents are are doing something different uh, because I know what they are doing. So, the, uh, for example, there is uh, one girl in my class which is uh, very, very, very smart, and uh, he, she does all the exercises uh, before the other children. And she's the only girl there in that in that class. But um, her father is is really uh, interested in her to to learn this. Coding, so he, he tries to find the opportunities to for her to learn and, um, and yeah I think I think it's a it's a very deep problem this yeah mm. yeah it is absolutely you know like I said for you to be experiencing that level of gender divide at that age it clearly is a very deep problem um, you know and a lot of I do put it down a lot of it to um advertising and you know just when when you're watching kids tv and you just look at some of the adverts on there of you know girls are playing with dolls boys are playing with cars you know it's it's no wonder that you know kids grow up with that kind of um mentality i guess to a certain degree and um i think yeah it's, uh, it's something that probably needs to be looked at in society in a wider a wider setting not just blaming education uh, for it but actually uh, looking at it from an uh, advertising point of view not only the parents, but for example, uh, I have a daughter and a son, and uh, I have never told my daughter um, coding is not for you, or robots are not for you, you should play with Dolson. But she goes to a kindergarten where she meets other children, and they, they um, other girls, and they tell, they tell her, her about the princesses and, the, and stories with princesses, and, and you know, this influences her and she comes home and she tells me oh i want to be a princess i want to uh, play with a princess doll and so on yeah. so. totally totally that we had that exact experience at the weekend so my, uh, my oldest wasn't particularly well she went down with a, a, um, a fever in the morning and um we uh we did obviously fearing the worst you know we did the, the covid test and everything and it was it was okay and so we knew it was just a, a fever but anyway it's kind of make it feel a bit better following a couple of days we went to uh, a toy shop and uh, you know we just said look you can choose choose one toy and uh, she's in the trolley and we're just walking down the aisle and um, you know I'm very conscious in that kind of scenario not to be pushing them towards one one type of toy or the other um, but we were walking down an aisle and um, yeah I think walking past like Batman and Spider-Man things like that and I was like oh do you want do you want to look at these and she's like no they're all boys toys daddy you know and she's, she's only three and a half and I was thinking how does she know that? Because we've not said that. And you know, we've always been really conscious with our kind of vocabulary about how we talk about toys. But like I said, you know, she's mixing at preschool and 
you know, mixed with other kids. And it, it's just, it's probably just reinforced on a subconscious level in so many other different ways, isn't it? Um, that it's, it's a really inherent um, problem. It's a very difficult problem to, to tackle. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Not, not an easy solution, I'm sure, but, uh, so, um, okay, well, it was absolutely fascinating to, to talk to you, Lana. And um, I guess where's, where's uh, next for coding a story now? Where, where do we go from here? Um, so my plan is to grow. <laughs> um, for this year, I would uh, I, I will start uh, teaching more classes. Um, I'm thinking of organizing camps. Like in the summer, I'm thinking of organizing a camp um, for children to program drones, uh, drone swarms in the mornings and then uh, in the evenings uh, they could uh, prepare uh, choreography for themselves and in the, in the end we could um, we could um, organize a show with the drones uh, and uh, the, ki the kids uh, so projects we are we would be working for one week um, and can, kind of a kind of uh, things like uh, things like this uh, I would uh, I will organize and um, I'm, I'm writing a new book with um, uh, exercises that we are doing in this class for four to seven years old and um, I'm creating a board game because I'm, I'm uh, now I know this, this uh, industry I know what's on the market and I think I know what's missing and uh, I'm doing my part there and hopefully I will be able to launch this, uh, this game and this uh, book this year and uh, grow and uh, then next next year let's see if i will uh, take, take this to the next level like um, make it even be better and uh, hire other teachers or but let's see fantastic well absolutely fascinating and very exciting uh times ahead i'm sure and um yeah you know as i said before i, I massively buy into the mission that you're on and the kind of purpose of the of the um of the venture and uh I wish you every success and, and you know, I'm really impressed by not only what you're doing, but the way you're doing it as well. And I think you, you really um, you know, seem to have, have hit a really nice balanced kind of angle in terms of the way you're doing it, which I think will resonate with a lot of people. And uh, you know, I think you deserve, deserve every success that comes your way. So uh, I look forward to following your, uh, the rest of your progress intently. And um, yeah, let's do another episode in, in you know, a few months or a year down the line and see where we are. And I'm sure we'll be, uh, talking about your your latest successes okay brilliant all right thanks for your time Yana. take care thank you bye 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 for now